Former President Bill Clinton in Hurleyville, New York, on November 2nd of 2022, saying democracy is on the line. Now, the the election happened. That was less than a week before Election Day. So it spoke to uh, the seriousness that um, that the, the National Democratic Party uh, was viewing the New York's 19th congressional race, Josh Riley uh, going against Marcus Molinaro. And what you hear at the national level, if you watch the national news talk folks, you know, the scuttlebutt is, well, democracy is on the ballot and Americans uh, chose to go uh, with the party that, that was trying to defend Democracy and had that messaging out there. Well, you barely heard that messaging in New York State and took President Clinton coming to show up to say it before I heard anybody say it to me anyway in person. Uh, and then uh, the the reality is in New York State, we didn't follow that narrative. Right. Right. The Democrats uh, uh, had a s- stiff response and, and even lost in a number of Hudson Valley races, including the 19th, where Marcus Molinaro is now going to be uh, our, our representative in Congress. Right. We had that, uh, they were saying the, uh, the red wave was going to come. Did it come for the nation? But for here in Sullivan County in, in yeah. Cascos, it was a very different picture. Uh, not only the, the changing of, uh, districts, but also, uh, some seats were, were overturned. I know there's a lot of news folks and, and pundit types that have talked about this, uh, in, in our region right. at this, at the state level. And, and a little bit I've actually heard in the national news as well, but I'm kind of still waiting to hear from uh, state Democrats what the answer is to this, because uh, in in a year where everybody's saying that Democrats had an amazing showing, uh, that wasn't the case in New York State, makes me think that there's something to the Republican line in uh, New York State, which has been for a long time now, hey, there's a problem with one party rule. Right. And that's what they've been saying. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for a, a good rebuttal to that from right, the Democrats. Right. But that might come in the new year. Yeah. So shifting from politics and getting into something that's a little more fun, but still community oriented, the big news for us that was not a news story in the region, it was not a state news story, it was not a national news story, it was a story for us here, was that we moved a radio station (laughs) after 32 years uh, from Jeffersonville to brand new studios in Liberty, which is where we're sitting right now. And uh, we 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 did a series of interviews to get ready for that. Yeah, we did a whole series of interviews, and that 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 whole time period was just very strange. The transition, uh, just moving from one station to the other, uh, it was very sad to see the old station in its last days of things moving out. Um, I remember it, Facebook has a nice way of reminding you of, of these uh, <laughs> right, of these yeah. memories. Uh, it shows up in my memory sometimes, uh, you know, the old, old, the old station and what we hit, I did last year at the station. But now we have a brand new station, state of the art. Everything's working beautifully. Um, and it's, it was a great move and it was a great experience to have and to experience both worlds. And now, uh, I'm so much more appreciative of what we have now coming, knowing where we came from. So. So um, the word leading into the move was uh, give me liberty. So let's spend some time uh, getting some liberty right now. I know not what cost others may take, but as for me, give me liberty. 
Yes, Give Me Liberty. Welcome to a brand new segment here on the local edition, Give Me Liberty, where we're doing a series of profiles on the folks in Liberty, New York, the site of our future home. We're getting ready to move Radio Catskill to our new studios in Liberty. So we're going to do these interviews to learn more about Liberty, meet our neighbors, also give you some updates on where we are with the construction and the move to the new studios. Uh, coming up, we will actually take a quick tour with a special guest, Mr. Kusner Grace, will be on site with me at our new Liberty Studios. But first, let's check in with the town supervisor, Liberty, to get this whole series started. Uh, but for that, I gotta get over to the town hall. Okay, and now I'm over here. I'm actually in the office of the town supervisor for the town of Liberty. We're checking in with Frank DeMeo. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great to have you here, Jason. There's been a lot happening on uh, in Liberty, on Main Street Liberty, on North Main in Liberty. What changes have you seen? Well, a really, really cool thing is this, and especially up up towards on the end of North Main Street is, you know, we have work being done on the theater. That's going to be tremendous. Uh, of course, we have the Munson Diner, uh, you know, under fairly new ownership. They've been there for a couple of years now, but that place is just uh, taken off. You go further up Lake Street, we have the Bridge and Tunnel Brewery, which is uh, uh, Rich Castagna out of uh, out of Maspeth, Queens. There's another brewery being proposed over by McDonald's on uh, Sullivan Avenue. So that's kind of exciting. And, uh, you know, a couple of, couple of new businesses have come into the downtown. Uh, we're looking to really gear up the Chamber of Commerce again. Because of COVID, we missed out on a lot of grand openings. You know, the Patel's open, opening up the two uh, gas stations, one in uh, Swan Lake and the one on, uh, on uh, 52. So, you know, we want to we want to catch up on all those grand openings, let 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 people know that, hey, we're open for business here in Liberty. So uh, let's what a great way to resurrect the, the chamber would be to just have say, hey, we're sorry, miss these. But during COVID, but now let's let's get out there and welcome all these businesses. in. so it's really kind of cool what's going on and, and take a moment to celebrate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Today I'm in a place that's a big part of life in Liberty. It is, of course, Liberty Diner, which has been operating here in Liberty as long as Radio Catskill has been on the air here, 32-plus years. And I'm here with uh, Luis Alvarez, who's actually the legislator for the district that Liberty is in. Luis, thank you so much for having me sit down with you here at the diner. Good morning, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for giving me the time, too. Um, you know, you mentioned Liberty Diner. You know, this was a gas station before, when I, when I first started to work in Liberty. Uh, wow. This this used to be a gas station on this side, and then this other side was was uh, built um, later on. But I started um, moved into Liberty in 1983, where I started as an investigator for the Department of Social Service. Then got hired by the Village of Liberty PD, uh, which I spent a year before I went to the um, the chair of the department, which I did 35 years. Yeah, so that's a long time to be familiar with Liberty. What stands out to you as some of the biggest changes you've seen over those uh, uh, what now nearly forty years? Well, wh- one of the things I always remember about Liberty was the uh, Grossinger's Hotel being here, Brown's Hotel on the other side, which is part of my district too. And uh, walking, uh, one of the things you used to do when I was a Liberty police officer was actually to walk the streets on a daily basis. I would be uh, walking the street from one corner to the other. And um, the amount of restaurants, amount of business, um, the movie theater, the little store in the corner that, that had a, um, a candy store, it was alive. It was, you could walk the street and there was always people in the streets of, of, uh, of Liberty. 
Uh, let's go over to the site of our new studios and offices on Route 52 in Liberty, New York. Tim Bruno is checking out the progress so far. The carpet is down. Uh, the, the looks like all of the walls are painted. We're still working on some of those walls. Um, the rack room where all the equipment's going to go is almost ready to be turned over to the folks at DNAV. Those are the folks that are going to start the studio build with all the digital equipment. They're going to start in the rack room first when they put in all of the equipment into the racks, hence the name, rack room. And then they'll start into the studios and putting the boards and the consoles and all that. I see a big smile on your face. Yes, yeah, it sounds like we're building a radio station and we're just a few weeks away. This is Rosie Starr in Liberty. We're in the Presbyterian Church, I believe, and it's an April day. You wouldn't know it because of the weather, but there are blossoms out there. And I happen to be with the Garden Club of Liberty. Judy Bergstrom is going to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about the Liberty Garden Club. Hello, I'm Judy Bergstrom, and uh, I've been an officer in uh, the Community Garden Club of Liberty. And it's been around since 1938 and never missed a year. And I'm told it started out as couples, and we're mainly women now, but encouraging men to join our club, as well as help us with our gardening <laughs> that we do. My name's Rihanna Fiddle. I'm a high school English teacher in Liberty. This is my third year teaching. I grew up in Livingston Manor, um, and I did my student teaching here shortly before I got hired. Yeah. Is it easier or harder to be a teacher in the when there's only a month left of school versus when there's the first month of school? I'd say at this point in the year, it's harder. It's harder to hold their attention sometimes, especially on nice days like this. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful outside, which means it's an absolute horrible day to be indoors. Yeah, exactly. Give Me Liberty is a segment where we get ready for our big move. Radio Catskills moved to its new studios and offices on Route 52 in Liberty, New York. And that's where I am right now. We have one of our own employees actually doing work here. It's our own Kit. How are you doing, Kit? I'm doing fine. I'm really busy here. It's exciting to be actually taking things out of boxes. I've been putting things into boxes for the last month. In some ways, it's very much like moving out of a house that you've lived in for most of your life. I mean, it's 30 plus years in one building that we've been trying to sort through and pack up. Yeah. And you know how whenever you put something in your attic, it never comes down yes. unless you move? Well, a lot of people don't realize that we had an attic. And, you know, if you needed a receipt from PEX for paper cups for an event that was held in 1997, I saw it in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Give me a liberty! Okay, so now I'm over here. I'm at the Village Hall in Liberty with the Mayor of Liberty, and it's Joan Stoddard. Hello, Joan. Hello, Jason. How are you? Doing good. So um, if you could, let's start off with, uh, talking about, you know, how, how long have you been mayor and how long have you been involved with helping r run Liberty? I've only been mayor since uh, January, but I was uh, deputy mayor prior to that for uh, about a year. And I've been a trustee in the village on and off since the mid-90s. I always like asking, what changes have you seen in that time? Well, 
when I first came on the board was when um, we had all the water issues down on the Elm Street well. And since that time, we've built the water treatment plant up in uh, Lily Pond. <laughs> and uh, I think that there's, uh, there's a lot of good things on the horizon for Liberty. All right, there you have it. One last time, it was the Give Me Liberty series, getting to know folks in, in Liberty. And we just heard a little montage there of just some. There was more people that we talked to than you even hear there. But thanks again to everybody in the community of Liberty that did so much to welcome us uh, here. It, w- it was a great series because it, it it gave us a chance to say hello to our new neighbors yeah. in Liberty. And it got, a ch- got them a chance to re- to get to know us and get yeah. to visit the studio and you know make a big uh Presence known that we're here at Liberty and we're here down to serve the uh, the public board in, in Sullivan County, but also the residents of, of Liberty, our neighbors. Uh, we want to be, you know, good neighbors. And so. it's, it's the sort of thing that we're going, obviously, we're going to keep doing because we're a community radio station. We're reporting on the communities in our listening right. area. Uh, but also we'll get a, a start of year uh, bookend from Frank DeMeo, who we heard in the beginning there that we talked to back in March to kick off that series. We'll see how the rest of the year went when we check in with him uh, sometime in January. And also uh, a quick note on the gerrymandering. Like we said, we're going to be reporting on that. And of course, right. there's a number of hearings that will be coming up in the new year. Part of that issue, New York State's will be covering as well. Uh, we're just taking a break. We will be back. This is the local edition, a special year in review. Hey, it's Sarah Gonzalez from NPR's Planet Money. Every gift to this station directly supports the news you rely on every day. Don't believe me? Here are 10 things that $10 can buy this NPR station in 10 seconds. Ready? Pencils, batteries, notepads, gas to the next news story, headphone pads, caffeine, a windscreen, post-its, pens, highlighters. Every gift matters, especially yours. Here's how to give. Add your voice and your gift before the year ends by donating at WJFFradio.org. This is the Chuck of Old School Session, inviting you to help us bring in the new year with the bang. This Saturday night, starting 10 p.m. 2022 to 2 a.m. 2023, WJFF, Radio Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the local edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. We've been doing that all year long. I'm here in, in the studio with Jason Doe. I'm your host, Patricio Robayo. Hey, Patricio. And uh, I know here, what we do with the local edition is we try to end on an up note. Like it's a, right. weekly, it's a weekly show, right? And, um, but on Fridays, like we, we, we do some local news roundup. Uh, you talk to, uh, uh, Chris Rowley from the Chongong Journal some Fridays. Uh, but we also have a lot of like artists and musicians right. and things like that. So I know we want to, uh, recap some of the, the great musicians that you got to talk to this year. But another thing that, that you did is, um, and, and it was for, for Hispanic Heritage Month. You did like a whole series of interviews, right? Yeah. We did a, I did a whole series of, uh, I did a whole series of interviews uh, highlighting not only the uh, Latinos and Hispanics here in our area, but also abroad. And one of the highlights for me was 
Uh, I got to interview the host for All Latinos. Uh, Felix Contreras and Anna Maria Sayer, during Hispanic Heritage Month, their show explores the history and culture of the Latino community through music. I got a chance to ask Felix and Marie about the essence of the show, which is the banter and how they weave together the story and their personal lives. And here's a clip from earlier this year. You know, it's it's like you're hearing exactly what our our normal calls sound like. So uh, we knew we had something when we would try to get on meetings and sit there for two hours and talk about anything but what we were supposed to talk about. So, <laughs> <laughs> Felix, you've been steering the Alt Latino ship for over 12 years. So first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, you've Thank done you. it all. You've been everywhere. You've been exploring Latino music and bringing it to your audience. The show now has been revamped. And while you continue to explore that history and culture, now you do it through conversations. Can you talk more about this new format? Yeah, I think that uh, what uh, one of the things that has always popped up whenever, whether I'm traveling to a different country or some music festivals and all that, it's basically it's basically we all love to talk about music, right? We and whether with musicians, with people in the industry, with fans, with my friends, with my family, you know, the conversation always almost inevitably turns to music. And so we just wanted to explore that a little bit more and have those kind of conversations with the artist. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, between Anna and I, and I think that, are, you know, our, our different perspectives on music, our different perspectives on, you know, life in general and, but our similarities as well contribute to that so it's it was just like wanting it was just a matter of wanting to have more more conversations in those conversations Anna Marie with the artists for the show having them talk to you about their lives how the music has shaped their lives what have you been able to discover for yourself and has it changed how you relate to your own heritage man yeah um so many things I think you know before even hopping on the mic with Felix or even working on Alt Latino, I think something that I really, really loved about the show was the way that it was able to connect me to this this much larger um, community and culture and history than I even understood. I think, you know, something I say a lot is, I think as Latinos, especially in this country, we're like, we grow up in these communities of like, for me, it was a Southern California, you know, Mexican-American community. And that was my experience with with what culture was and what community was and very much tied to my family. And then music and a show like Felix's can introduce you to, wow, this entire diaspora and this entire history of all of these people um, who share these experiences. And so that's something that I think I get to kind of really get a sense of every single day on this job. And I think especially with artist interviews, I mean... I just like there's so many things. I think there's something in every interview that someone says where I'm like, "Wow, like were you were you there in my childhood? Like, what? <laughs> how do you know so intimately? How do you share this exact same thing with me?" And so that's something that I think is really exciting that we get to bring to to an audience as well. Right, you're having that shared experience, Felix. How has the Latino music culture changed since you started all Latino all those years ago? I think that uh, it's expanded in scope. And I think that uh, the idea of ignoring genres and boundaries is even more present now. I think that it's, it's, I've always been a fan of people who were combining different things. I'm a big jazz fan, Latin music fan, you know, and, and just anything that exposed new horizons, new ideas has always been, you know, 
always been my preference. That's what I, I like to hear. And I really think that there's so many of these musicians, these young uh, Latin musicians all over the world, really, uh, and all over the Spanish-speaking world and the Portuguese-speaking world, they're just completely ignoring genres and definitions and combining these things. And I, I tell people, and I'm not exaggerating, at least, you know, every other month I get my mind blown <laughs> by hearing something I've never heard before. And that's that's the ultimate goal, is to hear that sound I've never heard. And that's the purpose of of trying to find all this music. That was such a fun interview. I was really honored to interview both Felix and Adam Marie, the host for Art Latino, and just because you know they're host for, for on NPR. So I, you know, I bow to them. <laughs> uh, so it was great to speak to them, and they have a great show. We air it on Tuesdays at eleven o'clock here on WJFF Radio Catskill. What are the favorite types of interviews I like to do is talking to artists and musicians. And in 2022, I was able to speak to a number of them. I want to pick out two musicians that I spoke to recently. One was Stephen Clare. He came out with a new album, To the Trees. And I was able to catch up with him in October when he was doing a show at the Western and Arnold Houses about his process. And that's something I'm always interested in with artists. I'm interested in the process. I'm interested in, in how they get from point A to point B. So here's Stephen Clare talking about the inspiration for his newest album, To the Trees, which Stephen says was written during the pandemic. Writing, writing, writing throughout the pandemic. That was kind of my response to it. It's like, okay, if I'm going to be stuck, you know, <laughs> in here, um, wherever, um, at home or in my office, um, I'm just going to like drill down and like put my nose to the grindstone and, and write songs all the time. And just so I, and I, I also teach songwriting. So like writing songs is like what it's all about for me. Um, and I love it. And, uh, I do find that it's like a, it's like a practice, you know, um, like any kind of practice. And so like you can, it's like developing a muscle. So like that, that the pandemic turned into like an opportunity for me, you know, just, uh, uh, kind of making a really strict habit of working on songs like every morning, you know? Um, so I wrote a lot, um, and, you know, being the parent of, teenagers watching what those my two kids were like what their lives were like during that time observing them and trying to imagine like my life when i was their age how how the contrasts you know um i ended up writing a lot about or not specifically or directly but what the songs that were writing were really impacted by like imagining their lives like through that through that lens of like you know being a 16 year old and just like in your room all day every day and like all of your social life is through your computer or whatever um so i was writing these songs that were about like that rite of passage and watching my kids get older and like you know prepare to move on or whatever um but also uh with this little kink in the works you know that was like messing with things so that ends up all kind of being in the songs to a certain degree. And, and, you know, to the trees is about this sort of rite of passage and kind of letting go. And... The interview was recorded in September 27th. 
Another musician we checked in with in 2022 was Holmesdale native Owen Walsh. You might recognize that name. He was a regular contributor to Radio Catskill when he reported for the River Reporter. He was on the local edition many times and also the Reporter's Roundtable. He came out with an album this year, his first full-length album. But at the same time, he was moving out of the state, out of Sullivan County. I had a chance to speak to Owen right before he left to talk about his influences, how he got into music, and why he was leaving. Here's that clip now. My very first musical experience was taking violin lessons, which I started doing at the age of three. I really just kind of stuck with, you know, the traditional classical violin lessons from that very young age all the way through about middle school until I was just about a teenager. And as you mentioned, it was right around that time. I think I was going into high school or about to go into high school. And I just found my dad's old Epiphone six string uh, guitar, acoustic guitar in the closet. And because I had, you know, taking violin lessons for so long, I was able to pretty much transfer, you know, what I had learned reading music and uh, being able to decipher the notes on the, you know, a stringed instrument. And um, along with the discovery of that old guitar, my dad's songbooks from when he was growing up in the 60s and 70s, in uh, some of the artists who were really popular back then, such as Paul McCartney and Wings, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, Bob Dylan, uh, James Taylor, uh, just kind of all these kind of folky, uh, you know, pop singers from the 60s and 70s. Well, I don't know the spell you're under, but it kind of makes me wonder if you ever let the sunlight get into your eyes. Hmm. Do you still play your father's guitar? Yeah, I do. It's um, a very uh, interesting guitar in the sense that um, this is kind of, I guess, only for guitar geeks. But, uh, you know, where the um, neck of the guitar connects to the body of the guitar, usually there's like a little piece of wood that it, uh, kind of connects it. And if you are trying to play way high up on the neck of the guitar on the fretboard, that piece of wood that's connecting the two things gets in the way. But uh, this guitar, they, you know, kind of bolted it uh, on the other side of it so that like you have extra space to really, you know, get your hand all the way up and play high up there. So, you know, not that I would ever consider selling the guitar, but I've been sold by some other guitar aficionados that it's kind of a special one just because you don't really see that type of uh, manufacturing too often. So so you pick up the guitar, you figure out that, hey, I can play this. You learn how to play the guitar. You learn these songs. How do you figure out that you could sing and you could write your own songs? So the uh, singing was kind of along with the, uh, you know, finding those old uh, 60s and 70s songbooks. Uh, the way they're laid out is they have the guitar tablature, uh, tablature as well as the musical notation. But because all those songs have lyrics to them, they also have the lyrics that go right along with the guitar chords uh, in the book. And, uh, you know, it started out almost as just kind of, making sure that I was playing the right notes. I would kind of be quietly singing the melodies of these old songs to myself as I'm strumming the guitar, uh, just to make sure, you know, uh, cause I know what these songs are supposed to sound like. So I kind of sing it to myself while I'm strumming the strings of this guitar and kind of figuring out, you know, is this, uh, am I playing this the right way? Essentially, you know, I didn't think of myself as a singer. I never, never uh, saw myself that way. So it was almost embarrassing. Uh, the idea of, you know, someone watching me while I'm singing. And, uh, you know, I would later find out that my family was always, uh, you know, aware of what was going on, that 
you know, I wasn't really being as secretive and stealthy as I thought. But, you know, that was really where it all started was just kind of singing those melodies quietly to myself. And, you know, just the more I did it, the more uh, accustomed I became to singing and playing at the same time. And uh, I'm kind of thankful now that uh, I that is just by chance how I learned how to play guitar, because there's a lot of guitarists nowadays who they've been playing guitar for years and years. But you know, now they're trying to incorporate singing into their guitar playing to do both at the same time. And it's kind of, you know, like uh, trying to do two different things with your hands. Like it's a little kind of a trick for your brain to be able to do both things without one thing messing up the other. That clip was recorded on December 2nd. Thank you so much, Owen, for that. All right. Well, Patricio, uh, I want to thank you so much for, for doing this. By the way, this, this show was Patricio's idea uh, of doing like a real <laughs> year interview where we get to talk about some of the favorite things that we remember from the local edition. So thank you for uh, uh, putting me up to this. <laughs> no problem. And thank you. I want to say thank you for, uh, on the air of uh, thank you for hosting. Well, yeah, well, that, and that's, thank you for, for, that. for booking, for doing all the work you that you it. do to make this happen. I wouldn't be able to, to do my end of it without your end of it. Um, so I guess that's it for the local edition for this whole year. For the whole year. This is it. The last show of the year. We'll be back in January. I would say January 3rd is the first show for the year. Yes, January 3rd with the Kingfisher Project. Uh, right. Bill Williams will be here with us, and then uh, I'll be back on with... Liam and James B. Huntington on Wednesday, January 4th. It'll be here before you know right. it. Have a great holiday weekend and yes, happy definitely. new year. Happy new year. Thank you for listening to Radio Catskill this year. We're making plans for an even better year in 2023, and we want you to be a part of it. There's still time to make your tax-deductible year-end donation. Go to wjffradio.org and click the Donate tab. Thank you, and have a Happy New Year.